really what it comes down to is that you should be moved to explore whatever it is that you want to, whether that becomes your career choice or a career change. The more you explore, I think the more it becomes this well-rounded person. Welcome back to Women at Work, a podcast for and about the women of remodeling and construction. I'm Caitlin Schuler, your host and the special projects editor for Professional Remodeler Magazine. Joining us today is Lisa Carlson. Well, hello, my name is Lisa Carlson, and I don't really have a title because I do everything and anything that needs to be done. And that is in the realm of our uh, carpentry contracting business, CJC Carpentry. I'm also a realtor for Action Realty here in Manitowoc. And I run a women's network called Women, Wine, and Whiskey. Lisa and I met last year when I was writing a profile on CJC Carpentry, the custom carpentry business that Lisa and her husband Carl own and operate together in Wisconsin. I've been lucky enough to keep in touch with Lisa since then, and I'm very excited to give our listeners a glimpse into the life of an improv-loving, marketing-minded sign language interpreter who one day found her way into the trades. So how did you first come into the building industry? So my husband's been a carpenter for years and years and years, and um, there was an opportunity to start his own business, and he started this with small jobs, and then it got a little bigger, and I helped with the paperwork. Well, then things really started to boom because I was taking away his time so he could get more done. And I then just became full-time about three years ago. So what has been the toughest part about being in the construction industry? What would happen is I would go and, you know, inquire about product and they would question me like, well, is it this or this? And so I didn't know. That learning curve was quite a bit. But in general, in the industry, I found communication to be, it wasn't difficult, but it was it was almost like, why didn't you tell me? Like you had the opportunity right here in front of me to discuss a problem or a thought or a process and no one took that extra step. And you also have a little bit of a unique situation um, because oftentimes when you talk to women on job sites, they're like, oh, people are just ignoring me or they don't think I'm here being the builder. Um, And you mentioned that they will often talk to you and ask questions rather than Carl. Can you explain a little bit why that is so my husband is is deaf and uh, we communicate by using sign language we've had to really work hard with our vendors to understand that he's the he's the professional and so i think that they were either a looking to me because it was just natural you know that the person speaking is the one that you're talking to but B, then they would see, hear me say all these things that sound really good and then assume that I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it sounds like it was so seamless as well that the people you were talking to were like, she's obviously the expert here. And through it, you learn and you grow and you understand. And then when I go off on my own to pick up material, I actually, when they ask me questions, I'm able to respond because I've had those interactions already. It seems like an awesome way to learn, too. You're obviously learning out of necessity, and you have to be able to act as that intermediary, um, but it really ups your knowledge of the industry. For sure, sink or swim. I also asked Lisa to talk a little bit about a woman's network that she founded in her community. In my area, we live in a small town. There's only 35,000 people in the city. And when I went to go look for opportunities to meet other women in business, I was coming up short. I like to make meaningful conversation 
And if it's only one person, one day, that's okay. I don't need to speed network because it doesn't work for me. I'm overwhelmed. It's been about, uh, I think this is coming on four years now. It's um, been a big event where we've had over 80 women. And then it's been, it has smaller events like um, six. And in each one, I make sure that each person goes away with one quality networking opportunity. And I think that should be the goal of networking. You should want to make those close connections. And yeah, you don't want to just have these conversations where you're like, this is what I do. Here's my business card. Reach out if you need anything, because oftentimes it doesn't go anywhere. In fact, people sometimes will ask me for a card, which is fine. I will give it to them. And I said, however, I make sure that I get theirs because I'm going to be the one that follows up. So when you're hosting these events, what kind of things are you doing? Is it kind of like there are speakers, like our um, conference that we do every year, or is it dinner, coffee, that kind of thing? Um, I do a little bit of everything. Uh, so the conference that you all put on, I love. I 100% know that you hit it out of the park when I went there. And the reason why it's successful to me is I've run a lot of events. And you use the people that are peers in the success stories. And that's what I do. I use the people that are within our community, really hitting it out of the ballpark. But also the flip, though, that I do is that I make sure that they talk about not only their wins, which is their, you know, their wine moments, but their whiskey moments. Like we all have to go through something. And generally it's never about really the business. It's maybe something personal. And then they hear a story that's really close to home. So you have public speaking background, which we haven't talked about here. So if you want to give a little bit of background about that and just talk about how your public speaking has influenced your role at DJC. Sure. So before public speaking, there was improv. (laughs) And improv is my love. It's really about accepting what's happening and then how to heighten or use it and keep going. And when I found it to be life-changing for me, I decided, well, I can't do too much comedy here in Manitowoc because we have a small community. And so I turned it into a program for leadership. And I would speak to companies about how to come together, not to have judgment, how to accept other people's ideas and heighten it rather than belittle them. Improv is a great leadership tool. And so that's what I built it into. Everything I do has to be fun. If there's no fun component to it, I just don't do it. It's kind of eye-opening and freeing, which is two simple little words, which is yes and, and take it for business and life. I love that yes and idea Mm -hmm. of improv. Mm -hmm. I've never done improv. It is not my jam, but that is something (laughs) that I usually try to think of, thinking of how you can improve something and how you can add to a situation. Yeah, and sometimes it's just accepting it. You don't have to do anything except go, Mm -hmm. okay. And of course I had to ask Lisa how she and Carl keep business out of their home life. So in a company where it's you and your husband as the main players, But how do you make sure that work stress doesn't carry into your personal life or your home life or vice versa? I think as a business owner, there isn't a line. I think that if you create boundaries and such as, you know, because you get inspired. This is the work that's feeding your family, but also you like it. You should like it anyways. And so how do you not see a home and go, look at that kitchen and and then it reminds you of the project you're working on? What we've done, or what I've done, I think, is said, I'd love to talk to you about this. I don't have any energy for it right now. Can we talk about it later? And so that's really worked out really well. I would be like, what do you need? What do you need? What do you need? What what can I do? Hurry up. Fix it. Done. Deal. It's off my plate. And so I've learned really uh, through the last year is nothing has to be done right away. I've grown to appreciate 
a 24-hour window of let things simmer. I think that is really important to avoid burnout as well, whether you're a small business owner or working for a giant corporation. There needs yeah. to be time to just stop, think about it a little bit, and just remember that things don't need to be fixed the moment you think of them. Never. They never do. Even when any fire comes up, it's not really a fire. So what advice would you give to other women that are considering a career in carpentry or other construction areas? Oh, well, first of all, yay. Good for you for <laughs> considering it. Because one, I didn't even consider it. Not, not, it just was never in front of my face. Also never considered being a sign language interpreter, even though I, I grew up with deaf parents, didn't know it was a thing. So if you've actually been able to be aware of it, that's awesome in itself. The next thing I would say is that walk in, step in, know that you won't know everything. But the fact that you have that newness and that curiosity, that's going to really bridge where you go. There's this perceived pressure that you should know everything or you should be super well-educated on a topic before you speak on it. And I think women fall into that trap pretty often. Yeah. But sometimes it's more powerful when you go in and can be like, this is what I know, this is what I don't know, and right? hopefully we can work together to change that. But the, but the also, though, I think I really think that women or people in general need to be empowered to say, I don't know. I think it's just hard to admit when you don't know something, especially when it feels like there's so much pressure. You know, making that not the elephant in the room is important. And I think if you have a good leader, then that also plays into it. So when stress gets high, as it always does, um, <laughs> what keeps you grounded? When the stress is high, I tend to want to fix it right away. I want to address the problem. I want to see how we can fix it. And I want to keep going and get it done. But what I've learned is that I don't have to fix it all the time. And I have learned to step away. And then in 24 hours or so, if I still can't do it, I take another 24 hours. Because really what happens is, is it starts to unfold itself. It's amazing how little time you really need sometimes, too, to just step away from a task. Right. And if you reflect on what it was, it was a trigger. It was an emotional trigger that caused that. Quick things can really do quite a bit. And laughing. You know, if you can laugh, they say that that oxygen is really good for your health. Thanks again to Lisa for joining me on the podcast and to all of you for listening. Links to CJC Carpentry as well as Lisa's women's group in Manitowoc can be found in the episode show notes and on our website. Women at Work is now available on iTunes, Apple Music, and anywhere else you get your pods. If you like what you're hearing so far, I'd love if you took a minute to rate and review the show on whatever platform you use. It's a big help for getting the episode to more listeners and a great way for me to learn what you want more or less of from the show. Next episode will feature Ashley Wainscott, CEO of Simply Sold, an Austin, Texas remodeling company that is over 80% women owned and operated. Until then, keep on working.